Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of How to Scale a Business. I'm Darwin, your host for today's episode, and I am with Ben Saddles, the CEO of Disrupt Equity. Hey, Ben, how are you? I'm doing good, Darwin. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, thank you so much as well for accepting the invitation. And we would like to know you better. Can you please share some information about you and what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. So uh, like you had mentioned, CEO of uh, Disrupt Equity, we are based in Houston, Texas. Uh, we buy, sell, manage, and develop multifamily properties in Texas and throughout the Sun Belt. Uh, we have properties in Texas, Georgia, as well as Florida. Um, you know, we currently manage, we have assets under management of about 5,000 units, totaling about 800 million. And, um, you know, we have a third party management company that we work with, as well as having a first party management company in house uh, called Disrupt Management. And between the two, about 8,000 units that we manage for ourselves as well as other people. And so, um, you know, just looking for our next opportunity. Obviously, the market's a little slow right now, but mm-hmm. uh, we're still net buyers this year and looking to add some value today. Wow, amazing. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that one here in our show, um, Ben. And also, um, I'd like to ask this for you because we're too curious. Yeah, all of us here that was been listening to you. So can you share um, or can you um, tell us about the history and the background of your business? So uh, the genesis really kind of, I mean, I, I've been in uh, re- real estate since 2012, uh, been in uh, multifamily since 2014, bought my first property in 2015, bought a couple of them on my own um, and and were with other various partners. And uh, I was running a networking event. Uh, we do a monthly meetup, which is still ongoing to this day uh, here in Houston and just networking with local multifamily owners and people wanting to get into the business. And uh, that's where I met my current partner, Ferris Musa, uh, back in 2017, uh, became friends first, you know, and then ultimately from there, we decided to create Disrupt Equity uh-huh. um, in 2017. And then we bought up a lot of properties here in Texas, as well as in Atlanta, Georgia, um, you know, got kind of fed up with the property management companies that we were dealing with. So we decided to create our own. So in 2019, started Disrupt Management. It was first meant to just be a management company just for ourselves. And then we kind of branched out in 2020 and took on third-party management business um, and and kind of created that arm of it too. Um, Since then, we've, you know, we've created and partnered with people on various entities. We have an insurance company that we have a partnership with. We have a mortgage brokering company that we have a partnership with. And then um, this last year, we also created um, a company called Equity Launchpad, which is our M&A arm that just purely um, invests into current businesses and uh, various industries. And uh, we're looking to expand that uh, going into 2024. So, um, you know, as I mentioned at the intro, there's still there's still a lot of opportunity, I think, out in the market right now. And, you know, we're, we're hopefully going to find some more opportunities. But, um, you know, this year we've closed close to 200 million in real estate, you know, but our goal was 450 million. So we're a little, we're a little off from our goal, but still feel pretty good about it considering where the market is and where interest rates are and inflation and, and all the various headwinds that everybody hears about in the news. And so, um, you know, I feel pretty good. We've got a, a strong team, about 200 employees between the management company and disrupt equity, which is our acquisition arm. And, you know, I spend a lot of my days, you know, uh, nowadays 
running investor relations, which is just kind of our capital raising and you know managing our current investor pool, um, acquisitions and underwriting, obviously looking for deals, working with the various brokers, underwriting uh, the deals and making sure that they're going to fit our, our return profile. And then working with the asset management team and asset management is just kind of a conduit between us as owners and the property management uh, company and making sure that ultimately our business plan that we had pitched to our investors is getting implemented and getting implemented correctly. Um, we also do a little bit of construction management on our side of things too. So, um, you know, these days I'm managing my team and, you know, I, I play motivator, therapist, priest, <laughs> attorney, and everything else, you know, along the way, um, you know, because I've shifted my focus from doing all the doing to managing the people that are doing all the doing. And I think that, you know, uh, you know, to kind of play on the, the, the topic of the show, right, is scaling your business. You know, for your listeners out there, the, yeah. the quicker that you can delegate out the stuff that you don't like, or you're not good at, and really elevate people, um, you know, to, to, you know, um, kind of step into their own and yeah. do the things that you were doing uh, at the beginning of, of creating your business. That's going to, that's going to allow you to scale more quickly. Yeah. Because people have a tendency true. to not let go. And, you know, that's the reason why they don't scale beyond a certain capacity because they, they, they either get burnt out um, or they run out of literally hours in the day. And so uh, for me, I, you know, me and Ferris have built and, and sold a couple different companies. And so we, we kind of knew the formula, so to speak. And, um, you know, we're just implementing it here at Disrupt. So uh, excited to see where the future leads. All right. Amazing. And thank you so much, um, by the way, Ben, for sharing that one here. And yeah, um, great answer. <laughs> so also, Ben, how did you get been started in your um, industry, by the way? So started in, uh, you know, I'll, I'll call it commercial real estate. Multifamily is a subset of of commercial. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I got into, well, I'll take a step back even further from that. You know, dating back to 2012, I had read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You might be familiar. Your listeners might be familiar. It was, it was yeah. a book that was written by Robert Kiyosaki. And, um, you know, it had a, a very heavy spin on real estate. And it really kind of got me thinking about buying assets and trying to limit the liabilities that I had in my life. And, you know, that really kind of got me excited about the concept of real estate. It was something that I was always kind of interested in, um, you know, but really just didn't didn't have the, the oomph to do it and didn't really know where to start. And so um, from there, I kind of did a lot of single family. I did some flips. Um, I owned a few single family rentals. I also did some wholesaling. And, um, you know, for about two years, I was doing that. Got a little burned out on the whole thing. It's a, it's a lot of work. At the time, I was I was still W-2 at, uh, at another company. I, I did uh, IT corporate sales for a very long time. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of hard running around the city, you know, trying to manage your, your single family portfolio while you're also trying to take meetings and make phone calls and have a W-2. So, <laughs> and, and so for me, it really wasn't, it wasn't as scalable as I was looking for. And so I started yeah. kind of shifting the focus to more commercial real estate and within commercial real estate, you know, I had somebody that I knew that was doing multifamily and, you know, started doing some research on that and, okay. and uh, figured out that that really was going to be more in line with what I wanted to do in the future. And in, in terms of my real estate career, it was scalable, you know, it was lucrative, oh, you wow. know, it had a lot of tax benefits to it. And then ultimately the cash flow and the appreciation um, that come along with it are also really, really nice. So, um, you know, so I, I started shifting my focus away from the single family world and getting into multifamily 
and then ultimately just took action. You know, I think a lot of people get excited about something, they do a lot of research on it, and then they don't ultimately pull the trigger on anything because they'll sit there and talk themselves out of it. Well, I'm kind of the opposite of that. I'm kind of this, you know, uh, ready, fire, aim type mentality. Tony Robbins talks about it a lot. And I think the, the, the whole gist of it is ultimately because, you know, people have a tendency to always try to course correct ahead of time before they've even fired the arrow. Right. You know, and so ultimately, if you take action, then you adjust along the way, you'll get some momentum behind you. And, um, you know, again, that's another, I guess, tenet of how you can scale is you just got to hop in there and start playing, you know, because if you if you don't get that momentum, you're never going to get started. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree for that one. One hundred percent. And yeah, um, thank you so much for that one then. And also. Um, as the CEO of Disrupt Equity, um, yeah, our viewer would like to ask this for you because yeah, we're too curious how you manage your company. So can you walk us through your overall business strategy, Ben? Yeah, so um, you know, there's there's a there's a there's a lot to unpack from that question. I think, you know, ultimately mm -hmm. you need to probably start off by, you know, having a sound business plan. Um, if you do have partners, making sure that you and your partners are aligned in terms of work ethic and integrity and yeah. ultimately what's the end goal, right? I think, you know, and I won't share it on this podcast, but me and Ferris know what our end game is on Disrupt. And we have always been 100% aligned in that respect from day one. Um, you know, he's also just as hard of a worker as I am, right? Because you don't want to have a partner um, that is working less than you yeah. or significantly less than you. I mean, obviously there's always ebbs and flows. People get sick or they're out of town or whatever. That's yeah. also the power of a partnership too. But the point is, is that I've had partners in the past that, you know, um, did, you know, maybe 10% of the work, but still wanted, you know, half the profits. And it just doesn't work like that, at least not long-term. And so, um, you know, you need to, you need to obviously have that sound business plan. If you're going to have partners, making sure you have that alignment, mm -hmm. you know, go out and take that action. Like I said, you know, I think it's important, you know, but then ultimately hire on people that are even more capable than you are. And I think people kind of get stuck and mm -hmm. they don't want to be the smartest guy or gal in the room. And I, I think that's really to their detriment. Right. You know, I kind of consider myself almost like the president. Right. You know, like the president doesn't know everything about foreign policy or this thing or tax code or whatever it might be. They, they have an idea about some of these things. They might be somewhat of an expert on some stuff, maybe not others, but they have the industry and, and, and the knowledge experts that are their, you know, essentially team. And you rely on them and then you manage them and then they'll bring you solutions and you either say yay or nay or let's adjust here or there. You know, so I'm a big proponent of like, hey, I was a C student, but I only hire A students, right? Because uh -huh. those folks are sharp. And ultimately, it still goes back to making sure that they have a good work ethic, right? You know, and they have integrity and, and, and all that. But, you know, the people that, that work for me are rock stars. And, you know, and I think people have a tendency when they start off in business to and, and it's Granted, you know, there's always budget constraints and I don't have enough money, but, you know, me and Ferris have always scaled, disrupt, you know, and and just so, so people know, you know, in 2022, we were Houston's number one fastest growing company, you know, on the Inc. 5000, oh. you know, 136 in the whole entire country. So, like, we know a little bit about scaling. We we're also on the Inc. 5000 again this year uh -huh. for the second year in a row, oh. you know. And so, you know, we know how to scale a business. And I think the one thing that people need to realize when it comes to employees is you want to scale to where you want to be in the next 12 to 18 months, not where you're right now. 
right? People have a tendency, they've got some current thing that's bugging them or some fire that they got to put out. So they only hire that one person, right? But if you want mm -hmm. to avoid additional fires down the road, you need to have a roadmap, right? Like over the next six, 12, 18 months, what are the people that I need to take my revenue to a certain point or take my profit or scale my business and whatever metric that you're trying to track it by, you need to start thinking more forward thinking, you know, don't think in the moment, think like, Hey, where do I want to be, you know, in 12 to 18 months and then plan accordingly. Right. And yeah, it might be a little bit of a stretch, right. You know, it might be a little bit tough, uh -huh. you know, and people are like, Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. What if I don't have the money? You never know. Yeah. The, the whole thing is a gamble, exactly. right. Yeah. You know, and, and for those people that are sitting in their W2 corporate America, I get it. I've been there. But trust me, those jobs are not safe either, right? You have a downturn, you're just a number. You're you're you yeah. are going to get laid off, exactly. and then that's that safety blanket or a security net that you thought you had was really just an illusion, right? So my point is, is that if you're really serious about it, get in there, take action, and then hire on rock stars, and and again, get ahead of yeah. your hiring too, right? Because they'll also help you scale even more quickly. Right. Exactly. You know, there were several hires that, that I see along our career that were just game changers for us. Yeah. You know, one was, you know, hiring a president of our property management company. It was something that me and Ferris just didn't really, we, we didn't do a great job at. We mm -hmm. didn't really want that to be our career. And so we got somebody that was an expert at that. And she's been a, an absolute game changer for us. She's taken all of that off of our, our plate. She's completely reorganized it mm -hmm. and, and is and it's now it's, it's spinning in the right direction. Whoa. You know, um, you know, getting HR people involved, Amazing. right. We're the longest time we didn't uh -huh. have HR and, you know, then we hired on a director of HR and she's a freaking rock star. She's taken all of the, uh -huh. You know, the the stuff and really scaled it out and built out the processes and the, and the procedures that need to happen mm -hmm. within a company of our size. And that's been big. Then the, then we hired on a CFO and she's been an, an absolute incredible game changer for us, too. You know, that our next Amazing. strategic hire is our, our chief uh, legal counsel. And so he's going to be our in-house lawyer. And helping, you know, kind of strategize in terms of business structure and litigation and all these other various things. And so, you know, these specific hires along the way, mm -hmm. you know, are huge. And then, and then I think, you know, as, as you get to a certain point, you need to also, as a business owner, you know, um, somebody that's leading the team, think about, you know, how do you free yourself up to have more time to do the more strategic tasks, the more strategic thinking? Right. Mm -hmm. Take the mundane and the, the minutia off of your plate. And, you know, we've had a couple executive assistants, you know, along the way, mm -hmm. and they've been incredible, you know, and me and Ferris share between the two of us. And she's able to keep up with our calendars. She books stuff for us. She does all of our travel. She helps with anything and everything, Hello. you know, keeping us organized. And that's the only way that you can do it, you know, because, yeah. again, you got to think about, you know, what is your time worth? Right. A lot of people are, you know, they, they, they almost kind of become a little bit too cheap on it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, that person is going to cost this <laughs> amount of money. You just don't even yeah. the amount of savings or the amount of money that you can make by just taking some of the stuff off of your plate is is almost it's not, it's, it's not. Well, it could be quantified, but it's hard to quantify. But I can tell you if you really dug in and ran the numbers and were able mm -hmm. to quantify it, you'd be making way more than you would ever thought, you know, and way more than what that person is exactly. going to cost you. So those are important things for people that are looking to scale. And that's what we've done along the way. So everything that all, all these tips 
that I'm telling people and your mm-hmm. listeners, I, I, we've already done it. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I, we've also made every mistake in the book too along the way. So <laughs> it's not like, uh-huh. it's not like one of those things that, you know, um, you know, we've just been bulletproof from day one. You know, in fact, we've, you know, we, we've done some really bonehead uh-huh. things, you know, and, but the one thing that I always tell people is, yeah, I've made every mistake in the book, but I didn't make that same mistake twice because exactly. we always learn from our mistakes. We always adjust along the way. And each time you're adjusting, you're mitigating future risk, right? Mm-hmm. You know, now, okay, that was a dumb thing. We're going to put a process or a procedure behind that, right? Or we're going to hire on this person to manage that moving forward, right? And so yeah. each thing just more and more, you know, not only scalable, but also sustainable, right? You know, because exactly. you can scale, scale, school like a, like a shooting star, Mm-hmm. You know, but you might fizzle out at some point, right? And so we're really looking for how do we build not only a scalable company, but a sustainable company over the next 20 to 30 years, something that we can, you know, give to the next generation. Yes. Whoever that might be, you know, and and I think that that's important too when people are looking at it is, again, what is your exit strategy, right? And, and you know, maybe you're young and you're like, ah, I'm going to live forever. And, you know, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I'm not even going to think about that, but you should. You should always be thinking about that, right? Exactly. You know, because if you have some end, end, end goal in mind, you can plan accordingly, right? Because you can back into, okay, I want to sell the company, for example, in 10 years. And I want to get this valuation, right? What do I need to do this year over the course of the next three years, over the course of the next five years, seven years, all the way up to that 10-year mark? You almost back into that plan. And then you can you can go out and implement that from there. Um, versus just, you know, it's just this thing that's completely wide open. And I think a lot of business owners, when they start off, that's where they're at, but they shouldn't be. You should be always starting with the, with the, the end in mind. And what do you want to do? And, and the most successful entrepreneurs, the, the most successful, you know, uh, startup companies, they've always had that end in mind. Yeah. Because they, they, they've either been, hey, I want to get bought by this, by a company like this, or I want to get VC money and scale and go take them to an IPO or some other exit strategy. That's, you know, they, they start with that in mind. And I think that that's powerful. Yeah, I totally agree for that one. And Ben, you have an amazing answer to be honest. Yeah, for all those, um, you know, um, yeah, I'm not judging, but to all of those um, CEO or yeah, um, founder that I've been interviewed before for this question, you have the great answer. And thank yeah, you. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much as well for sharing that one. Yeah, I'd like to share as well something, but I think I don't need it since you're the been answer. Um, yeah, all of those that I have in my mind. And yeah, um for the next question that I have here. So um yeah, I'd like to ask this for you because yeah, I'm too curious as well. So how have you adopted to your to changes in your industry over the years, Ben? Yeah, I mean, there's, I think it was the, the only constant is change, uh-huh. right? You know, I mean, there's always change, right? And I think exactly. you also, you need to be nimble as, especially as you grow. And, uh-huh. you know, I would say the, the, the one example I'd give for this question would be, um, you know, what happened in the property management world and how we operated our properties during COVID. You know, COVID was, I mean, we were deemed, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, one of the companies that could stay open um, during COVID because we provided housing. Well, you know, that would still put a tremendous amount of stress on our onsite staff because, 
they would they would either be they might be sick they might have family members that are sick you know and you know especially on the maintenance staff that still had to go into units too to fix things right so how do you you know introduce safety protocols and how do we collect money you know from people that might traditionally come in and hand us a check right because you know we we really weren't supposed to have the office that was open so we had to shift a lot of things online and that shifted our industry quite a bit. Yeah, but exactly. luckily we had our own management company. So we were quick to kind of understand which way the, the wind was blowing in terms of, you know, what it was going to look like. And we could make those changes very, very quickly because mm -hmm. uh, we were fairly flat at the time. And so, you know, I think that that's important to understand is not having too many layers of bureaucracy, you know, in between the decision makers and, and, and really the people on the ground that have to go out and, and do the changes that need to be done. Um, you know, just keeping your ear to the ground. I mean, what are other people doing? Why are they doing it? How are they doing it? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and then, you know, and learning from their mistakes and learning from their successes. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's, it's not a bad thing to follow them, you know, on certain things. Well, that was, that's a pretty smart move. You know, we'll go ahead and do that too. You know, I mean, exactly. you know, people kind of get up and like, oh, you got to be some trailblazer and always come up with the, the, the latest and greatest idea. I'd say on some stuff. You know, just be be the boring guy that follows some of the some of the pack on certain things and you can adjust along the way too. Wow. Amazing. And yeah, I totally agree for that one. Um when you say that, you know, when COVID strike, actually some of the industry changed a little bit. Yeah, Evan R. Um actually we're a marketing company and yeah, to be honest, um, yeah, before we didn't do this, just like this interview that we're doing right now, but yeah, when COVID strike, you know, we just do this. It's because, um, yeah, we could not go out and interview people. Yeah, so yeah, um, it changed a lot actually. Um, through AI, uh, or in, yeah, um, yeah, since we're a marketing, we just add digital. Since you know, we could not just go face to face, and yeah, does that make yeah. sense? <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely it does, right? You know, I mean, you just, you know, uh -huh. again, there's going to be these black swan events. Yeah. And uh, it's unfortunate, you know, um, what happened with COVID and, you know, but there's also, there's wars and there's all kinds of stuff. And there can be bad economies that uh -huh. necessitate that things need to change very, very quickly because, you know, the it no longer makes, you know, uh, uh, economic sense to do it a certain uh -huh. way, right? You know, and so... Man, you always need to be willing to adapt. Exactly. And, um, you know, I think and evolve because yeah. you know if you're not, you're going to die. Yeah, you know? exactly. And not in the literal sense, but in the in the in the business sense. Yeah. Because you know, um, you know, and I think you know it might have been, I don't know, the CEO of Ford. I forgot it. Maybe it was you know Henry Ford that had said that. But you know, there's there's definitely a lot of truth to that statement, you know, yeah. and if you really sit back and think about it, right, you know, you always need to be evolving. So don't get into the status quo, regardless if things are going well, and there's not even a black swan event, right? Because your competitors are thinking about ways to outbeat you. So you're always needing to figure out, especially when it comes to your sales, and your market, and your customer facing stuff, the stuff that's bringing in the revenue, you need to be figuring out more creative ways, better ways, more efficient ways, more customer service centric ways to bring in that revenue, because people are going to remember that. Yeah, I totally agree. And yeah, um, thank you so much for that one, Ben. And also, Ben, um, yeah, talking about challenges and obstacles. So can you talk about any challenges or obstacles that you've been faced in your business and how did you overcome them? 
Well, there's uh, again a lot to unpack from that. I think there's you know, um, uh huh. there's there's a lot of challenges that uh, you Yeah. know have come up, and you know um, ultimately again it's I'd probably say the way that I answer that is you know going back to some of my earlier answers, right? You know, being nimble, Uh-huh. having a great team. You know, having some of that uh, that stuff documented, I think Uh-huh. I think people along the way they process and procedures and documenting that is such a the, uh, just a brutal you know um, debilitating thing for a lot of business owners to do because they're so busy doing the the day to day stuff. But if you can document, then you can track, and if you can track, you can keep people accountable. Yeah. And so I think it's very very important that you take the time to document. the best practices on your business. And the one other reason I'll tell people why documentation is important, right. Is, you know, um, you know, ultimately as you are scaling your company, right. That's Mm -hmm. going to be that person's handbook, right. You know, I mean, how am I supposed to do ABCD, right. You know, they're either going to come to you and ask you or you point to the handbook or you point to your, wherever your housing, your process and procedures or your video, your training. We do, we're not doing a lot of
content under those names as well as us personally. We drop a lot of stuff out there for free. You know, ultimately we're here to, you know, kind of educate people on how to do multifamily the right way and 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 make it profitable. So uh, encourage people to follow us, reach out to us, check out our website. You know, always happy to help there. Yeah, sure. We would love to do that. And yeah, um, another fear of Loop Good Gold we acquired today from a guest. So it's really our pleasure for having you here, Ben. And thank you so much again. And guys, thank you so much as well for sticking here with us. If you got any value for today's episode, we would love to get a rating or review where you got the podcast. If there's someone in met or growing their business or thinking about starting a business, send this episode to them and then take one thing that you learned today. Go out, implement it, execute it, and let us know how it goes. We want to hear your wins and above all things for being here with us today. We really appreciate you a lot and see you in the next one. Cheers.